I can't stand anywhere, right? <laughs> Good morning. Sometime I move around then to maybe be downstairs, I will be here. Thank you again for having me to be back in James Town, okay? You know what I mean. My name is James, and this is my town. I'm glad to be back in my town. <laughs> so I work in Africa. You see the red map. It is South Sudan within Africa. Go to the next one. This is South Sudan map, and this is where we are working. So South Sudan is located in East Africa, and is bordered with Ethiopia, where I'm really constantly live there and work there. Go to the next slide. I'm going to be giving a message also having what I'm doing. So the outline is what you can read. I put it in reading. Sometime I was told if I back in Africa, and then the accent is changed. So because we got so many languages mixed, we work with many tribes, then I speak six language. When I'm talking, I don't know which one I say. Be careful for that. <laughs> So, and then uh, I'm going to give a message, and then after that I will flow into my work there. Uh, this is the history, and then the title is Working in the Midst of Suffering. What is really a discipleship? I'm talking about the discipleship. A young Nigerian became born again a new person in his final term in university and soon started a Bible study and discipleship session. He wrote, a former, he wrote to a former girlfriend asking forgiveness for previous sexual intercourse inter, in, encounter and invited them to share his new faith. After almost a year, a job opportunity opened up, but it would require giving a bribe to a human resources supervisor. And then he replied, I need a job, but I, give, I cannot give a bribe because I would often my Lord for who has asked me to work in integrity. Few months later, he got a job in international company, oil company. Through this job, secure in international oil company through, uh, to, through integrity, he became successful in international business world. His uncle, his family decide to follow the Lord, who has caused transformation in this young man. As a disciple maker, he raised his children to exhibit the marks of discipleship. They are now following his godly footsteps. It was not just the call to salvation, but also the commitment to discipleship and disciple making that transformed this young Nigerian life and create a family legacy of righteous and service to God. Go to the next one. Making a disciple. So we now can read from Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey every 
I have commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Make a, make a, uh, make a disciple or make a Christian. The term disciple and Christian are related, but not quite the same. Jesus was very specific about the cause of following him. The disciple required a total commit life, so you can't become my disciple without leaving up everything you own. This is Jesus said in Luke chapter 14, verse 33. Then Jesus said to his disciple, If any one of you want to be my disciple or my be, be follower, you must turn from your selfish way, take up your cross, and follow me. To become a Christian or to become a discipleship, you have to make a decision that means that you have to live your own way. Not all of Jesus' followers were able to make such a commitment. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him in John chapter 6, verse 66. Uh, verse 66. Every disciple of Jesus is Christian, but not every person who claims to be Christian is a disciple. God wants all Christians to be disciples. However, many fail to become full disciples because of ignorance or because they were not natural in how to decide to be disciples. Too often, our church have focused mainly on evangelism, conversion, asking people to accept Christ, our Savior, and join church. That's important, but we have to have enough emphasis on making a disciple. Too often, faithful to church activities such as church attendance, singing in the choir, and participating in a group is, uh, is substituted for total surrender to, uh, to Christ, to disciple. Christian discipleship is more than being Christian. It is about being follow, follower of Jesus in every aspect of life. That means that you have to be totally submit to our God. Go to the next one. <laughs> Jesus spent three years making disciples, teaching, and training his chosen twelve, another follower. One of the first disciples to follow Jesus was Andrew. After spending the day with Jesus, Andrew was so excited that he ran to his brother, Simon Peter. He said, we have found the, the, the Messiah, he said. The next day, Jesus found Philip. And he said to him, come follow me, Philip found Nathaniel. This is how the mission and discipleship is growing. When Jesus started, it's just only one person, and then other person went and tell other person. You see, Andrew found Jesus first, and then he went back and told his brother. Why did the disciple leave all to follow Jesus? It is remarkable when you think about it. They hung up their fishing nets, said goodbye to their family, and left everything they, uh, behind. Matthew left his stack collections, 
job than and met in his prosperous. This man, this man saw something very compelling in Jesus. They felt his love. They realized he could give purpose and direction to their life. They were honored to be chosen by Messiah. In Jesus Christ, they experienced grace and undeserved favor of God. They experience the grace. They see the grace in Jesus' mercy. So now, you know, when you become a disciple, it means that you will be totally committed to Christ and do the will of him. So I will tell you a little bit about my testimony that related to this message. You know, in this scripture, Andrew found Christ first. And then after he, he found it, and then he went back to uh, told his brother, Simon Peter. This is related to myself. I grown up in a family that has not known Christ's word. My mother, my father, they all non-Christians. I born in a non-Christian home. And you see, when I say a non-Christian home, it's not like the way now you say a child can play, can do whatever he want, but there in African lifestyle, children are under their parents. They all have to do what the parents do. That means that if my father is a pagan, me too, I'm a pagan. If we all worship many gods, me too, I'm worshiping many gods. My sister, she's the one who found Christ first. You can go to the next one now. It is what I know in my head. You can read it or you can follow me. <laughs> so I put it there so because I read very fast and then you may not follow me. You can read it or you can listen to me. Whatever you choose is gone. So my sister, she's the one who found Christ first. I will make sure that I'm not going to follow it, but you can read it. <laughs> because of my time. I want to go to my picture. When my sister becomes she go to church, and then she came and told me, like Andrew, you know, found, I went to his brother. Then when, when I see that my sister go to church, I went to church with her. But my dad and my mother were not happy because this is not what they believe for, and this is what they do not worship. So then they prevented us to go. Then we make it easy. Then my sister had to leave. Then I remained in playing. And then in a few minutes, I disappeared too. We both go to church. So when we went to church, it was very young children who really nurtured me. I was on my eight years old. So I went and played with the kid. I like the drum, like where you do. This is what we play. I like the drum. So I played the drum. And then for that, Something get me into that because any church that have any style, you know, you can have something then you like. I love the drum. I play the drum. Then I go back. So we try to talk to our dad and mother. They don't get it. It's a strange God to them because they have their own God from their descendant. We have sick God. Some of them is rattle, you know, it's neck, it's rattled neck. We have to give food to that rattle. We have to worship that rattle. 
But this is not what my dad called to be a God for him. For a while, to tell you, when I say, if you are a Christian, you have to commit. Because I'm a new believer, I stayed there for six years. For all our long attendance and commitment, then we prove that we will not be turned back to our idol worship. Then we convert pastor finally to baptize us. Then we become, we become Christian. While we were there, we went and went to the village. There was a guy who knew Bible. He read all his Bible all the time. I thought this guy is a Christian because he knows the Bible. I'm a new believer. I need to read the Bible. I don't know the Bible. But that guy is not really a Christian. He read the Bible. He knows the Bible. But he has no faith in Jesus Christ. And then a message came. Then there was some idol who talked, and then they want us to sacrifice some kind of ritual in the community. And then I told my dad, I cannot do that because now I've become a Christian. And then my dad told me then, this is really one God. We are praying one God. If not, just go ask the guy. I went to the guy, make sure that I'm doing something good. He said, yeah, do it. But he knows his Bible. He's now a Christian? He's a follower? Or he's not a follower? Because being a disciple is somebody follow and follow the Christ teaching. Now he read it, but he can't get it. He told me to do it. I went and did it. So when I did it in a few minutes, I become sick. This is a long story. I'm not going to tell you the detail. If you can talk to me later, I will tell you what is that talking. It's a rope who talk. It's a strange message to you because you cannot understand it. The devil is still speaking, can speak to you because this is where I come from. Okay? It can't joke. It can't even talk. Are the tree? The devil? It, I can't do it. Because you have been a long time, you don't have that system, you will not understand it. I understand it because this is where I come from. Being a disciple, you have to follow Christ's teaching. That means that a commitment to him and to his message. So, when I get sick, then my dad tried to go get the goat, get the chicken, kill it. I say, now you are killing me. And say, what shall I do? I say, you must go back, call Christian. He went and called the Christian. Then the Christian came and prayed for me. And then I, I was well. And then the sickness was like a chicken pox. You know, all my body is itching. When they came and surround me, they prayed for me. In a minute, I get well, I woke up. So you compare it. The guy who told me you must do it, he's a Christian or he's not a Christian? Mean that to become a disciple of Jesus Christ, you must commit to his teaching. You have to follow what he told you. So in a while, my dad becomes sick. He got sick for two years. So he, when he was sick, then I came to him to tell him, then, can you become Christian? He don't want it. Because I respect him. He says, the culture demands that. He always sent me to go get shaman. You know shaman, right? Yeah, I said, right. You understand that accent, shaman, right? Okay. 
I went and bring the shaman. He will do some ritual for him. I give whatever we eat for him to get well. It's nothing happening. Because this God is a liar. He's a God of liars, getting all your food, getting what you are sacrificed. But Christ died for us once. My dad do not understand that. Because I committed the teaching of Jesus Christ, I said, okay, I respect him too. For a while, then I start teaching. I bring all people into his room, to behind his room. He hear what I was teaching because the new believer has to be taught Ten Commandments and Lord Prayer and Apostle Creed. If you don't know it, you are not going to be baptized. This is the rule. But my dad always hear to that. But I want to make it different for him. So I pray for those who number make it in that worship, I mean in that teaching class every evening. I ask who did not make it today? So and so, they are sick. Then I say, let's pray for sickness people, for sick people. Next day they will come and testify. They, I get well. Then one night my dad called me. You don't love me, my dad, my son. Can you take a knife, kill me? I said, why? He said, because you never pray for me. I said, oh, that's what you want? He said, yeah. I said, okay, here is the difference. Have you saw me taking any money, taking any chicken from somebody, or killing a goat for somebody to get sick? He said, no. Here is the difference. My God needs your heart. That's the difference. This our idol needs our material. But this God, this God need a personal relationship. A disciple, a disciple of Jesus Christ is somebody who has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and follow him. This is how it is. Seeing I become a, a Christian, I become a disciple of Jesus Christ, then I follow. God called me to do, to do his will. One of his will is to follow his teaching and then to go to the mission. When I came back here, I followed him. I went to school, got ordained. I resigned from my Christian minister here to work at mission field. Here is how I follow Jesus Christ and do what he demands me to do and follow his teaching. You can go to my slideshow. Skip that. The mission is to unknown the unconditional love to mankind, the love of others translated into a great commission for us. Go to the next one. The mission is to fulfill the unconditional love to mankind as, as the church. We must love people even though they will not give us a reward. This is what we are continuing as doing as ECC by supporting me and supporting the poor. Like the well you did. This is following what Jesus told you to do. It's not just coming, sitting in a few, and then go back to your home. Or say, I love Jesus Christ, and you don't do anything. By doing that, it means that you follow what Christ told you. Go to the next one. Go to the next one. South Sudan, with estimate population of 12 million, and then South Sudan is the youngest country in that world that 
gained independence in July 11. The country is very young, with two-thirds of the population under age of 30. Almost 83% of South Sudanese reside in rural areas before the outbreak of the recent conflict, which has displaced more than 2.5 million people. South Sudan is the world's newest country and one of the poorest countries in the world with zero per capita. Go to the next one. Decade of civil war in South Sudan, devastated country, school and hospital were destroyed and farming was abandoned, leaving people with virtually nothing. 51% of people living below the poverty line. Uh, life expectancy is 42 years. Maternal, maternal and mortality is 2,054 uh, over 100,000 is the highest in the world. The infant mortality rate is 105 per 1,000 live births. Only 17 of children are fully immunized. Malaria is responsible for 25% of the children deaths. Go to the next one. The other literacy rate is only 27%. Only 1% of population has access to the electricity. 55% of population has no access to the improved source of drinking water. Around 38% of the population has to walk for more than 30 minutes, one way to collect drinking water. Some 80% uh, of Sassanese do not have access to the, any toilet facility. Go to the next one. So this is an overview of the conflicts. Go to the next one. According to the UNAMIS report, many killing, many sexual abuse, you know, and one of the things that I want to talk about it is 9,000 children, child soldiers that have been pulled out from the school to be recruited for a fighting. This is how we are really mentioned to that. Uh, political and historical, including poor, this is how the cause of the problem. So go to the next one. The latest population of South Sudanese refugees around Gambela, where you dug the well, okay, is higher, is the highest record in its history, with a total of 423,888 people. That's a refugee from where you dig the well, you see? where your money goes to. This number exceeds the total population of, in the community because they will exceed of total of 116,972 population. So they are very high. So let's say I come to your house. You got four kids. Then I came with my seven children. And then you got four bedrooms. How do you, we're going to share that your four bedroom with? And then your food will not be enough. Your water will not be enough. It is a big problem for them to sustain the refugee there. But bringing that well, so being a reconciliation to that. Okay, go to the next one. So this is how the map of the Gambela list. Where is this? It's a refugee in Gambela. This is where the total is. The South Sudan, go to the next one. The drilling impact of the civil war in South Sudan people, about 6 million people, uh, 6 million people that constitute half of the population in South Sudan were living as food insecure. There are 2.5 million people who were displaced as refugees to the neighboring countries. There are 1.9 million who are internally displaced inside South Sudan. 
go to the next one. This is the war impacts. When war happens, when there's any fighting, you don't plan for it. It happens, then you have to leave. You grab whatever you got, even though you have money in the bank, there's no way you to go to the bank. Go to the next one. This is how people enter into that country, to that neighboring country. They are refugees that are being received by the host country. Go to the next one. When war comes, so you grab up whatever you do, and then you put your shell on your back, then you walk away. Go to the next one. So this is another fighting. It's still, the fighting is there too. You are a refugee camp, fighting occurred, then you have to run from this place to that place. It's for yourself to go to the next one. The result of the South Sudan Civil War of 2013, more than 500,000 Sudanese children are living under acute malnourished. Go to the next one. So the life also in the refugee camp where they are staying is not good. This is where we say malaria, because you see that they live underwater. You cannot go outside because it's being, people are afraid to be killed. Go to the next one. So this is what you need. When war happens, children, you know, the fighting, it becomes in, in, in their mind. So everything they play with is, you know, there's a toy gun for that. He made it himself. It's not a company who did it. It's, it's, it's really the one he made it. Go to the next one. So shall soldier, go to the next one. You see the life of those, go to the next one. You see the life of children, go to the next one. You see even that young boy, the, you know, age of 40 is very bigger than he said. Go to the next one. This is how we change them. This is how we change the life. The life of grabbing a gun. We are been talking now gun control in the United States. What about the children? There's no law. There's no police. Now if somebody shoots you or you hear a gun, you call the police, right? What about where you cannot even call the police? So it's a task of the church. So we are impact the life. We, we are reaching the youth. Go to the next one. So this is what we are doing. So many children come to Christ because of our preaching, regardless of what they were suffering for. Because there are so many questions. Why we are suffering from our Christian brother? Where is God? Why we are suffering? There's a trauma. People traumatized. Go to the next one. So we have so many projects. We have uh, 110 children of three areas. This is all the area we work. We provide economic, social, psychological, and spiritual support to children un unable to support themselves or survive on their own. Go to the next one. Creating a sustainable livelihood for poor children through vocational training such as carpentry, tailoring, and weavering masonry and welding, provide microeconomic loan to the poor and encouraging them to become involved in income-generating activity every right now in the camp through project, VOC project. Go to the next one. Provide, uh, you know, go to the next one. I want you, I want to, I don't want to spend my time. This is uh, our work. Being follower of Jesus Christ, that means that you can walk in a mud, you can leave your house, like now you come, to come to church to listen to the sermon, you pay the tithes, you involve in Christian activity, and you live an integrity life. That means that you become Christian. It's all this all interrelated. 
to become a disciple is a big decision for you. You can walk in the mud because to follow Jesus Christ, to teach, go to the next one. This is another church dedication. This is my wife there. Go to the next one. This is my wife, Rachel. She's preaching there. Go to the next one. This is a toileting that we, we told you. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's not clear. Go to the next one. This is we change the life of the kid. This is a kid we take to the hospital. Go to the next one. This is how she is before and this is after. Go to the next one. We baptize, not only giving a help, we're preaching the word. Go to the next one. If people come to Kai, go to the next one. Go to the next one. This is unconditional love is attend to the unreached tribe of South Sudan. And then I, this is a trip. We are going there. We stuck. And then some people have to come and pull us out from the road. Go to the next one. This is the downtown of Dajo and our tribe. There are six tribes. They do not even know any word Christ. So we reach them. We preach them. Go to the next one. This is my meeting to them. I want to find out how do I begin to minister to you. They say we need to have somebody to be trained. This is a, new, a big thing now. Even now we have a project. We are raising funds to translate the Bible into, the, into their own language. Go to the next one. This is a training. Go to the next one. That's all the pictures. It's stewardship class. Go to the next one. This piece. We have a project called I'm Ambassador for Christ. So we feel that we are ambassador for Christ. It's Paul said that. Go to the next one. Go to the next one. This is what you have done. This is the well. This is a big tank. It's not just a hand pump. Because some churches combine their hand. Those who trust in the Lord and follow Jesus Christ and say, yes, we will do it. Go to the next one. This is another one. So we dug the well. The first one, it has a rock inside. And then become a shallow well we call hand pump. So the other one is a big pump. Two pump, we really did it. Go to the next one. And then go to the next one. And then this is the dedication of the well. This President Matthew went to uh, First Covenant Church. Go to the next one. So now we're also having a plan to build Covenant Bible College there. Go to the next one. It's a picture. And go to the next one. And then go to the next one. And then this is a pastor. So we have 401 churches with 57 pastors. If you do your math, it's a big thing. That means that we need a college. Okay, go to the next one. Conclusion, we want you to support your, our youth musical instrument. We need you to support us by sponsoring one person from Henri Tribe of Brunkuma, we need your continued support to our mission and my family as you do, and thank you for doing that. Go to the next one. We also thankful to your support to our works in South Sudan and Ethiopia. Thank all committee of Zion Covenant Church for sponsoring well and by uplifting the life of refugees under the host community in Gambele and working hard to support children who are leaving destitute life in exile around Gambela. And thank you. May God bless you. And please follow Jesus Christ 
and follow his teaching. And one we have done is the one showing that is a sign of you are really true follower of Jesus Christ. May God bless you and thank you.